And we wanted to thank today's sponsors brought to you by Anchor.fm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's completely no charge. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, where it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and many more. Guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast. Honestly, it just takes for you to really get started. Go ahead and download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm and look forward to seeing you create your show. Yes. Welcome to the How to Be a Grown-Up podcast. My name is Eric Andrus, and this is my show. I'm an educator, a family man, a fitness lover, and a guy that's just dedicated to helping you live your best life. The goal of my podcast is to share inspiring stories from the most brilliant minds in education, world-class athletes, and influential individuals on the planet to help young people find out what makes great people great. So whether you're a student in my classroom, a scholar from around the country, or just someone who's a kid at heart, get ready for cutting-edge, non-run-of-the-mill content to help you be the best grown-up you can be. So without further ado, let's learn how to be a grown-up. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever you're joining me, I'm so glad and I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so thankful that you and I are communing on these bigger ideas together. And I'm humbled that you take the time to listen. As always, my name is Eric Andrus, and this is the How to Be a Grown-Up podcast, the show that I created to help you, my wonderful young scholars, remember that you have a birthright to be happy, to be healthy, and to live powerfully extraordinary lives. Today, I have a wonderful guest on the show for you. Today, I got a chance to sit down with entrepreneur, motivator, philosopher, Carmen Caterina. She affects young people the world over via her online presence, but I'm going to give you a lot more of a biography on her at the top of our podcast, but at the top of our show here, I wanted to tell you why I was so interested in having her on. Look, I love what I do. I'm proud to be a teacher. I am so thankful that I get a chance as an educator to wake up every day and do something that I feel like makes a difference in this world. But one of the things that oftentimes breaks my heart is that when I'm out and about and I'm meeting someone new and I share with them my passion for education, ultimately they don't, they don't often talk about teachers. They don't often talk about the way that schools are set up. They often want to talk to me about the way that they perceive millennials. I know as soon as this conversation gets going... They're going to say something about how they believe that millennials are so entitled. They believe that millennials are addicted to technology. They believe that millennials expect things to be handed to them. They believe that millennials aren't this, that, or the other thing. And I always think this is a little funny. Because I get a chance to work with young people, to work with millennials on a daily basis. And I don't see those things. Sure, there's rough people in any group. 
But on the overall, what I see with young people every day when I go to work, good day or bad, is people that have profound hope for the future. People who see themselves in maybe difficult situations, but are actively taking steps to get out of it. I see my students as powerful beings of boundless potential. So this conversation with Miss Katerina can be listened to two ways. Young people, what I want you to hear is two adults that have never accepted the communal idea that millennials are not worth our time. I want you to hear two adults that have dedicated their lives to bettering yours, to being your teachers, to being compassionate listeners, to being people that will fight for you with our last breath. And adults listening to this, educators listening to this, here's what I hope you take away. When you encounter young people that you feel like are lost, hand them a map and guide them. When you encounter young scholars that you feel like don't know how to exude proper social skills, don't know what it's like to be cared for, activate the compassion within yourself and show them what it means to embody love. When you see them struggling with positive choices, model for them what it means to make those. Be the example that, you, that they want to emulate. Be the person in their life that they can look up to. Be that constant. Be that person that accepts them not only when they're doing their job at school or in an extracurricular activity or at home. Be the person that accepts them on their terrible days. Be the person that accepts them when they're throwing a temper tantrum, when they're doing exactly what they shouldn't be. So that tomorrow when they wake up, tomorrow when they see you again, tomorrow when you guys re-engage in that conversation and try and move forward, that then they have an opportunity to move forward with positivity. That they have an opportunity, the same that was afforded to us, to leave their mistakes in their past and to move forward in the present with power. I believe in all of you, ladies and gentlemen. Young people, I believe in your ability to be amazing. And adults and educators listening to the podcast, I ardently and fervently believe in your ability to guide young people towards the type of individuals that they are capable of being. All right, folks, just a little bit of housekeeping here. I love doing this podcast. It is a gift to my life to get a chance to chat with these powerful and inspiring people on a daily basis. But I don't make a dime off of this. In fact, I've spent a significant sum of money to try and bring these messages to more young people in need. So one thing you could do that would make a huge difference is on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, leave me a positive review. It goes a long way in helping me bring the brilliant messages of these wonderful interviewees to more people around the world. Secondly, if you or someone you know is making a positive change in the world, I definitely want to hear from you. Email me at howtobeagrownuppodcast at gmail.com. 
All right, folks, without further ado, let's talk to the wonderful, the powerful, the unbelievable Carmen Katarina, and let's learn how to be a grown-up. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once more to another wonderful episode of How to Be a Grown-Up Podcast. My name is Eric Andrus, and this is the show that I created to help you, my wonderful young scholars, remember that you have a birthright to be happy, to be healthy, and to live absolutely extraordinary lives. Today, it's my humble and my profound privilege to welcome Carmen Katarina to the show. Miss Katarina is a Renaissance woman in every sense of the word. Now, Carmen could be described in many different ways, but I believe the way that could best describe her would be an ambassador of hope. She is an enlightened soul in a society that's drowning in darkness. Carmen has dedicated her life to bringing joy and empowerment to those young people that are the most vulnerable. The creator of Lessons for My Daughters, Carmen began her journey as a powerful teacher to the world as a New York State licensed speech-language pathologist. She drew her greatest inspiration and found her biggest passion in working in the toughest of neighborhoods with kids that had the greatest of needs. She's now a powerful entrepreneur, bringing her message of love and resilience to all those that she works with. I am so excited. I am so honored to have her on the show today. Carmen, thanks for joining me. Wow, what a beautiful introduction. I am so, so excited to be here and to be able to have the privilege to speak to your amazing students. Well, thank you. Well, you know, I want to start with this question. You know, if I was one of my young scholars sitting in my classroom listening to this right now, and I was listening to all the stuff that you did that I talked about in the bio there, I might go like, wow, she does a lot of different, uh, a lot of different jobs. She wears a lot of different hats. So when you're out and about and you're meeting someone new, let's say you meet someone at a party and they say, Carmen, what do you do for a living? How exactly do you answer them? Um, well, honestly, the way I'd answer them is really to focus on what I'm doing right now and that's um, sure. running empowerment workshops for young women and girls in New York City. That's really awesome. I, you know, but I'd love to even back up further. Um, you know, one of the things I love to be able to give my young people is kind of the superhero origin story of really inspiring people like yourself. So, uh, you know, I'd love to know, where did you begin this journey towards being of service to other people? Was that something that you always wanted to do, or was that something that you kind of came to? Well, I think it evolved over time. I mean, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher in some way. Um but I didn't really feel at the time that I wanted to be in front of a classroom. I feel like I've always made a bigger impact in smaller groups. Um, so I got into speech pathology. That was my first profession. Um, and I was an itinerant teacher, which meant that I went from different schools to different schools, basically doing coverages for teachers that were available or going to schools where nobody else wanted to work in these um, really tough neighborhoods. And as I went from school to school, I'd often daydream about how it would change the school if I was in charge because I saw so many things that were flawed in education. So 
eventually, um, several years into my career, I decided that I was going to become a principal. I said, you know what, I think if I want to run my own school, I should go back to school and, and know how to do that. Um, and so that's what I did. I enrolled in an educational administration program. And um, I guess through my, through my journey in the program, I started going off the bean path. And so there was a curriculum that they were teaching me, but I started going in my own direction and going beyond what they were teaching me and focusing on other um, ways to educate children. And I really kind of found all this magnificent information on alternative education. And I found myself at this amazing conference at Harvard um, where all these alternative ed people were speaking. And at the time, I was like, you know, I really want to change the world. But I also had my own two daughters at home. And I thought, I think I should really start with them. So I decided not to continue. I did all my um, all the academic work for uh, the program, but I didn't end up doing the internship. I decided that I wanted to homeschool my own children. So I ended up pulling them out the following year and just really finding out how we can learn as much as possible outside of the classroom. And so we took this amazing seven-week journey across the country and back. Um, And it was really an experience that changed my life. And when I came home, the deal was basically... I said to them, just give this a shot. You know, trust me. I really want to give you this experience. Um, But after the year is up, if you want to go back to traditional school, you can. And they did. They chose to go back. So I didn't know what to do with myself because I just felt like this expanded person. And I knew that I couldn't just put myself back into what I had left. So I was having a conversation with a colleague. And I was like, I know I want to do something with kids. But I know it's something bigger. It's something bigger than that. And when I went back to the idea of opening my own school, I was like, if I open up an alternative school, I'm only going to preach to the choir. I'm only going to attract the people that think like me and have the same, you know, educational philosophy as me. And that's not going to make the greatest impact. Um, And so as I was talking to my colleague, he said, well, you know what, Carmen, why don't you just start making some videos about, like, the lessons that you would leave your own daughters? And in that split second, literally, Lessons for My Daughters was born. I was like, oh, my God, that's a brilliant idea. And I just started writing. I started writing, like, all the lessons I had learned in my life and how I thought about, like, how different would my life be had I known these at, like, such a younger age. And so that was really how how the workshop was born. And I just began writing, and I came up with eight lessons. And, um, yeah, it just basically snowballed from there. That's amazing. And ladies and gentlemen listening at home, particularly the people that I know, I know we have teachers that listen to this show as well. I want you to hear one of the things that Carmen just said. We have been educating our young people incorrectly for years. There was a 2013 study on the racial equity gap of African-American males to their white counterparts over the course of 50 years in which uh, the academic prowess of these young scholars was studied, we only saw a 2% increase in reading and math proficiency in, in this entire generational shift. 
that shows that we're doing something wrong. We need to start empowering our young people. We need to start giving them the emotional toolkit to believe that they are people of worth. Because as soon as we do that, as soon as we give our kids the tools to believe that when they walk into a classroom of learners, that they have something powerful and incredible to give to the world, then math comes, then health comes, then history comes. All that becomes a byproduct. And kids who, quote unquote, shouldn't be getting A's, suddenly are walking out with 4.0s. And secondly, ladies and gentlemen that are in high school, are in my class right now, hear me tell you this. People like Carmen are too few and too far between, but they have a message you need to hear. You are someone that is worth going outside the box for. You are someone of profound personal worth. There's never been anyone quite like you before in the history of human civilization. So understand that just because you might not, uh, you might not feel intimately comfortable with what curriculum is being tossed in your face right now doesn't mean you're not worth the hard work that, that, it, that you need to do to get it to succeed, to get to A, to start your own business. So thanks for highlighting that, Carmen. That, that is such an important note. Yeah, it's so true. And you know what? I, um, I also do, sometimes I do some professional development um, for teachers also, for even other speech therapists. Um, and we always, I always try to talk to them about being relevant. You know, a lot of times these kids that we teach, we don't know. I mean, you happen to have this really intimate relationship with your students, it sounds like. But a lot of these teachers kind of um, don't, are not living in the same communities of the students yeah. that they're serving. And they don't really know what's going on when they go home. I think that's why I was so, I was always really drawn to like the high schools or the inner cities, um, the schools that were in the inner cities because I, I grew up in the inner city. So yeah. I really knew what it was like to go to school and then go home to some sort of hell almost, you know? And yeah. I, I like to, I like to remind our educators that, you know, you can't teach these kids in a bubble. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, we're trying to teach them math and history and all this stuff and they're, and they're losing focus and they're not engaged because it's not relevant to their world. They're not understanding like how then they fit into the bigger picture and they're going home and they're dealing with problems that we probably might never even ever dream about, you know, and have no experience with. And so I really think that's why I was so successful myself was because I could always put myself in their shoes. Yeah. You know, and so when you just get real with them and you get relevant, and that's what I teach my parents also, share with your kids, like, the struggles that you went through at, at that age so they can see us as, like, human beings who also have gone through things. You know, sometimes kids put you on this pedestal and think, oh, you know, their life is so pretty and rosy. But when you kind of get real with them and get honest and get vulnerable and you say, hey, you know, I've been there. I've Maybe not the same exact thing, but... You know, um, some some sort of struggle. We all have some sort of internal struggle, you know, and that's why I really want to give these kids the tools to navigate things that maybe appear to be obstacles. But, you know, how can we spin that and look at it a different way? How can we look at it as an opportunity? How can we see it at a, at a, as a place where we can grow, you know? And really, like you said, I mean, reminding these kids that they're, 
have a unique purpose that there's nobody in the world like you. You are not a mistake. I mean, you are very, very, very um, integral part of the world, you know, and you're here to find whatever that gift it is. And I, and I don't even think it's just one gift. No. It's many, you know, we can take many oh, roads yeah. to the same place. And um, I just want to bridge that gap. I just want to bridge the gap between, you know, that academic world and then that, you know, social emotional world where we're really lacking in, you know, what we're teaching these kids. Like we pull those kids that need that extra help, you know, maybe it's the guidance counselor or but it's, I mean, every kid needs that. How does not every kid need, like, someone to talk to, you know, someone every, to be every, like a mentor? Um, oh, yeah. I for sure needed that, you know, um, and I just want to be the, a voice for them to, to let them know, like, as you're saying, that you are valuable, you are worth it, you can achieve anything that you put your mind to, and really giving them the tool to do that. You know, we, we grow up and we spend all this money on self-development and we spend all these hours on, like, unlearning these limiting beliefs that we learned along the way. And I want to give them access to that, you know, yeah. before they have to spend all this time then undoing that, you know? I 100% do. You know, I was having a conversation with uh, another entrepreneur recently uh, who is in the ed tech space and, and they disagreed with me on this point and they said, you sound very angry about it. And I said, yeah, I am angry. I'm angry because there are people fighting back against, as you were saying, social emotional learning in the classroom. There's people that want to keep that in the hallways of the counselors and the social workers and relegate that to someplace other than where curriculum is shared. But I'm also angry because I see my young students who come in bleary-eyed because they had to take care of their three little siblings while their mom was out partying all night, or the kids who both their parents are in prison right now and they don't know how they're going to get through another day. And so why would my class be at the forefront of their brain when simply getting a meal uh, in the evening is their most pressing concern? And I'm angry because we need to be focusing on bringing social-emotional learning into the classroom, not because it's some passing fad or because it's something that sounds cute or sweet uh, on some paper, you know, a pedagogical paper or something, um, but uh, really more because it's a vital and a necessary thing in the lives of these young people. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry, I went off on a tear there. Um, and as, no, as I'm sitting okay. in my as I'm sitting in my car talking to you, my uh, oddly enough, my dad just uh, drove by and parked in front of me, so I I just waved. Uh, that's so it kind of threw me off my little my little rant there. But uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you. That's so funny. Yeah, because you know, I think because it's the, you know, education has become a lot of you know, if you get good grades, you're going to be successful. Um, And I guess it's all how you identify success, but, you know, I really want, I want our kids to be happy, you know, and I want our kids to feel fulfilled. And I really just want to give access to um, those kids that unfortunately, you know, may not be getting that at home. And a lot of people argue that it's really not a place in education, you know, to replace parenting. And and I understand that, but at the same time, then who? You know, if yeah. not us, then who? 
And if you don't, if you don't step up, then it's only going to perpetuate the cycle, you know? So I just feel like, um, I, you know, the whole thing, why I call my workshop lessons for my daughters is because we really should be looking at all the children as our children. You know, if we really didn't, if we really did look at it that way, um, you know, there wouldn't be such disparity in education, like you said, between, you know, the communities, but the truth of the matter is, um, you know, because I studied that also when I was getting my certificate about um, educational funding and how all that works. And even if it's, even if it's um, the budgets are equal amongst the school, it will never be equal because in the affluent yeah. communities, the parents put their monies into the schools and they should, and why not? You know, sure. they have that money and they want to, you know, fund extra programs and things like that. That's great. But um, you know, we have to, we have to advocate for those that don't, that don't have the voice that, you know, their, their parents are obviously, you know, uh, having issues of their own and, um, unfortunately don't have the tools to, um, you know, not perpetuate the cycle. And I, I think that's where we have to step up. 100%. And, uh, you know, I don't usually direct my comments towards uh, the teachers that are listening to this, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listening at home. But, you know, uh, on top of what you were just saying, Carmen, we're living in a really strange era in American politics in which, you know, racism, xenophobia, and bigotry have come to the forefront in a way that it doesn't seem like it quite has in the last hundred years. So it's the stakes are all the higher for our young scholars and our young people of color for uh, they need, uh, they are voiceless right now, as you were saying, and we need to be the voice for them to be able to stand up loudly to go like, I have this privilege to be an instructor in this school or an entrepreneur that works with young people, or even just an elder in the community. And to say enough is enough. Like, we are no longer going to badmouth this millennial generation. That always drives me crazy that we seem to have communally made it okay to beg on young people right now. And I don't understand that. I think if we see our young people stuck on cell phones, if we see them stuck in cycles of violence, if we see them stuck in the grinding gears of poverty, well, let's teach them. Let's be the compassionate mentors that they need. Let's not simply complain about it. You know, from from the time that kids are young when they're taking their first toddling steps all the way through high school when they're tackling Shakespeare, we teach them the right way to do things. Why are we not going out of our way then to say, I see you being involved in gangs. I see you, uh, you know, using substances that are harming yourself. I see you struggling with anger or sadness or heartbreak. Here I am to teach you how to handle that. Here I am to teach you a more loving, heart-centered way to live your life in which you can abolish some of that self-doubt and to start to believe that you are, you are worth love, you are worth people's time, and you are simply a person of worth. So thank you. I, I couldn't agree more, but I- I'm going to... Uh, Absolutely. I have one more... Go ahead. Oh, please, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'm no, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, a lot of what I teach my kids also um, 
is that basically, you know, we, we come up with our thought patterns from a really young age, you know, from zero to seven, we kind of, um, get programmed on how we experience the world and what our thought processes are. And I really teach them that, um, really just to give them the awareness that, you know, your experience shapes the way you view the world, but it doesn't mean that you can't change that. You know, we can be conscious of the thought process that we have and then give them the tools to change that because your thoughts yeah. then guide your, your actions and, you know, we can, we can help them to make better decisions, you know, and not go down those roads. And, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, to point fingers. I, I mean, I try not to ever blame anybody because really no, sure. everybody, everybody is just a mirror of society, you know, so you can't really look at these kids if, you know, we feel like they're making bad decisions. I mean, they're a product of the environment they're growing up in, you know, and I want to, really show them, you know, I love to give examples of, you know, people who come up in, you know, not great circumstances and go on to create amazing things because it really just takes, you know, that will and determination and that ability to think differently, you know, so I like to teach them those strategies so that they can make better decisions for themselves, even if everybody around them isn't. 100%. I I have two more questions for you, but first I just want to take a second and acknowledge you and say two words that I'm sure you don't hear nearly enough. And that's a a profound and and a humble from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for, for who you are and for what you do. It's, it's scary how many people have chosen to write off the young scholars in our country to see them as valueless or, lazy or overly entitled or just downright dumb. And I am so grateful that there are people like you that have faith in them, that want to teach them, that want to go out of your way to give of yourself to them. And I'm sure you give of yourself in ways that's profoundly inconvenient for you, draining for you, uh, or, or, you know, just challenging So for the work that you do, the gifts that you give young people, and for the inspiration, frankly, that you've given me through your social media work, thank you. Thank you for who you are and for what you do. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I don't find it to be challenging because I've just always been drawn to those kids, and I really just do it because I resonate with them. I really do. I resonate with them, and I want... Uh, you know, underneath it all, like the most challenging, you know, kid, the angriest, I've been cursed out. I, I love them. I know underneath that all is just, uh, please love me. I really, <laughs> I really truly believe that. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't find it challenging. I don't, I, I always see, there's always hope. There absolutely is always hope. There is. So, well, he, yeah. here's my second to last question for you. Um, you know, one of the things that I really love about what you post online is that you are so hopeful in in what you put out there. You know, anytime I'm sure your Facebook feed looks like mine, a lot of it's real positive entrepreneurialism stuff. And then there's a lot of people being angry about random things. And yet you always try and bring some real value to to the people that follow you. So if if some of my kids are interested in following your example and bringing more positivity, bringing more hope into their day-to-day, where might you suggest they start? 
Uh, well, I find like a, a lot of kids of their age are usually on Instagram, so they can follow yeah. me at lessons at lessons for my daughters on Instagram. Um, and they can even, you know, send me a friend request, Carmen Caterina, or follow my Facebook page, which is Lessons for My Daughters LLC on Facebook. Um, and I would love to connect with them. I mean, I love, I love kids. I, I love speaking to them. I, you know, I think even, um, kids in troubled situations, they always have such amazing things to share. They really do see the world in a different way, even when life is tough. So. Yeah. I really enjoy communicating with them. And, yeah, I'd love to, you know, if I could be an inspiration to anybody, I mean, to me, that's a gift, you know, if I've helped someone at all, you know, in the world. I mean, that's really what life is about, you know, serving others. 100 That would be awesome. Well, that actually leads me to my last question here. You know, a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about today is is why I started this podcast, but... I think our schools actually do a lot of things pretty well. We teach curriculum well. We teach, you know, a lot of the basic stuff stuff that's important to live your life efficiently. But, you know, we're failing in teaching our young people the things that allow them to live deeply, like resilience and self, you know, self-reliance and, and the abolishment of self-doubt. So I decided to call the podcast How to Be a Grown-Up. And I ask everyone that I interview this question, what does okay. being a grown-up mean to you? I don't know what being a grown-up means to me uh, because I almost feel like I'm living life in reverse. But if I had to um, give you an answer to what I think life should be is, you know, when you come into this world, you're full of hope, you're full of wonder and curiosity. And then as you grow up, you know, life kind of hits you and you get you get disappointed and you get knocked down so to speak and sometimes you get hard you know like you yeah. get really hard and I honestly think the goal um so let's redefine being a grown-up that's what I want to do yeah. with you. I think the goal is to leave this world despite all that you know life trying to knock you down leave it with the eyes of a child, like leave, you know, like still have that wonder, still have that curiosity, still ask those questions. I mean, all the great people in the world really, you know, ask the bigger questions, you know, and they, um, they sought novel ideas. And I think that's what's so inspiring about kids is that they don't see the limits. They don't, they think anything is possible. They think they can fly. They believe they can, you know, do whatever they want and, you know, have a, have a world where candy, uh, cotton candy grows on trees. And I think that, um, if I had to redefine what being an adult is, even though I know that's not your original question, because I, I don't feel yeah. like a typical adult. I guess that's why <laughs> I can't really answer that because I I think that if we could if we could still keep that sense of wonder and curiosity intact, you know, and that genuine love. I don't know if you ever see kids if they get into an argument, like they don't hold a grudge. They don't yeah. stay angry. You know, and I think that um if we could almost you know, become adults, but not lose that innocence of being a child and of wonder and love and, and curiosity. I think the world would be a much different place, a much, a much more beautiful place. Carmen, so, you are amazing. I, I am let's so redefine deep. being an adult. <laughs> I love it. 
Um, but I do want to be respectful of your time here. So if my kids want to find more about you online, uh, where should they look? Uh, so my website is lessonsformydaughters.com. And like I said, that's really the name of all my social media. And they can just find me there. And I would love it. Please shoot me a message if you heard this. Uh, I would love to hear from you and, and hear what your thoughts are and, uh, you know, what you would like to see being taught in school. I love, that's like my favorite question. I always ask kids, like, what's your favorite subject? And if you could, if you could learn about anything, like, what would you want them to be teaching at your school? So I'd love well, to hear the answer to that. Awesome. Well, um, I'm going to wrap up here real quick, but would you mind hanging out for another like 30 seconds? Yeah, of course. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another fantastic, love-filled, wonderful conversation here on How to Be a Grown-Up Podcast. Stick around, folks, because I've got a couple of takeaways for you. What a wonderful conversation with just a powerhouse for change in this world. Here's my takeaways, ladies and gentlemen. Young people, don't listen to what society tells you about you. You are a person of boundless, unbelievable potential, and you, if you work hard enough, can have a great impact on this world. And adults and educators, don't believe what people say about uh, the young people in your life. Be the compassionate model in their life that they deserve so that they have a model to live up to. All right, folks, I've been Eric Andrews. You've been awesome. And until next week, don't forget you've got a birthright to be happy, to be healthy, and to live an absolutely extraordinary life. All right, I'm out.